Cool guys, I think we can now get started, okay, if you don't mind. So welcome everyone to another DScoop session. Uh, I'm super excited about this one. So if this is your first time joining us today, my name is Andrea Marin. I'm the DScoop Community Manager for Europe, the Middle East and Africa. And here with me today, I have Steve Cochran from the UK. Um, he's going to be delivering the session, cracking the communication code, which I'm very, very excited to finally listen to this session. I had many people tell me good things about it. Um, so before I turn it over to Steve, I have just a few quick housekeeping notes to get through. Um, so you may notice that you actually kind of mute yourself today. This is a different setting. Okay, we're testing it out. It's not like the usual traditional webinar setting. It's actually more like a meeting. So yes, you can effectively unmute yourself. However, in order to keep this organized and you know, to allow the session to flow as it should, I would like to ask everyone to you know, stay muted. There will be times where you can unmute yourself and actually talk. So we will ind indicate those times and we're happy for you to do so. Um, um, so all questions will be answered at the, at the end, okay, during the Q&A. You can post them in the chat at any time, but we'll be, well, Steve will answer all of them um, at the time when it, you know, it's time for the Q&A, sorry. Um, however, there will be other things, interactive uh, moments throughout the session where you will be asked to unmute yourself and, um, and participate. And also, you know, even if you post the question on the Q&A, feel free to let us know if you uh, feel comfortable to say it out loud so we unmute yourself and uh, you know you you come live and say it. you can also by the way uh, turn your cameras on if you you know are brave enough to do so now this session is going to be recorded well it's being recorded as we speak and it will be available in a couple of days at dscoop.com so if you're in the future watching the recording uh, or you are thinking about what you've learned or um, heard today and you come up with more questions, there will be on the page where um, it's posted, there will be a comment box down below, okay? And you can post your questions there as well. And we'll do our best to give, you know, get them answered. Um, and I think that's everything from my side. So I think I'm now going to turn it over to Steve so he can introduce himself and get started. Thank you so much, Andrea. Well, it's lovely to be with you all. Um, I love the, the joy of being able to connect with different people all over the world. So thank you for finding the time this morning. Uh, people always want to know who on earth is this person. So I co-founded a company called Giant and we build invincible teams. That's been our tagline. And we've worked with uh, various companies all over the world. Some of them very large, you'll have heard of. Some of them very, very small. Um, it doesn't seem to matter where you are as long as you have one team or thousands of teams communication is absolutely central to the performance of teams and we've run now thousands of tests on team performance as a way of benchmarking our work with organizations and the average score in the average team in the average organization over the last seven years has actually been 58 percent so if you think for a moment uh, what that represents in terms of lost potential um, it's pretty significant. Now, everyone I ever speak to thinks that their team is far better than average. Even if your team is better than average, you will find that you are still functioning at less than you could. And one of the main reasons for that, we believe, is that actually communication is foundational to every high-performing team. It's not possible 
to build an invincible team without working on communication. And most of us think we're pretty good at communication, but what I'm going to show you today, hopefully, are ways that you can improve that. And I suspect it will not only apply to your home, it will apply to your team, your organization, because communication at its best is a two-way process. So there is a transmission, but a transmission of words or email or whatever it may be, doesn't guarantee effective communication. For communication to actually happen, there is a transmission and a receiving, and that receiving has to understand what the intent was with the person who's transmitting it. So we've never had more transmission happening in our lives. There is words everywhere, but there has never been less effective communication, mainly because the concentration spans of individuals are so reduced. So what we're gonna to look at today is to go, how do you bridge that gap to make sure communication is happening? And uh, here is a foundational truth that actually unmet expectations in communication always lead to long-term disappointment, resentment, and ultimately settling for a new normal in any relationship. So if you think communication is not important, fundamentally, it is at the root of every relational breakdown. Over the years, I've done multiple things. Uh, believe it or not, I was once a pastor, not a particularly good one. Uh, I've been a business leader. I've been a nightclub owner. Here's what I would say is, in all of the work I've ever done, nobody preparing for marriage, nobody preparing to start a new business ever sits there at the beginning with the lawyers or the priest or whatever it is and says, I hope this relationship ends horribly. I hope we end up fighting each other over children, over IP, over whatever it is. But you know as well as I do, either you've experienced that yourself as I have, or you know people who have. In the end, the main reason those relationships break down is not because of intent, but fundamentally that in the end, people are forgotten and don't have tools to help them communicate. And we have something called an expectations ladder, which usually is where most people start. Well, with most new relationships, most new employees, most new whatever it might be, we all start almost with impossible expectations. If you read the average, average resume or job description, you're usually covering yourself with impossibilities. It then moves to being unrealistic. And the goal is to find realistic expectations of what you need from that other person. If those are not met, what happens is we begin to move to more limited expectations of someone. And ultimately we reach this place called resigned. And I know you well enough, because I know myself well enough to know, is if I was to look at the relationships that orbit your work world, your home world, uh, your friendship world, there will be different places where you started with different expectations to what you have now. So what I'm gonna do with you today is give you a way that you can actually change the dynamics of any relationship in your life. So if you have a team member that you appointed years ago and you thought they were gonna be an all-star, but you've almost reached limited or even resigned, today will give you a way of beginning again because you'll begin to see why that happens. So that's the goal. Now, I don't know if any of you know where this is. I'll be really impressed because uh, most people have no idea. They think it looks like the average English person's home having watched Downton Abbey. Well, I'll be, I'll be honest with you and say that is a place called Bletchley Park. 
it's a place of huge significance in England because it was probably where the outcome of the Second World War was defined. Because a gentleman on the left called Alan Turing actually set about a task, if you've watched the imitation game, you'll know what I'm talking about. On the right was basically a machine called an Enigma machine. And in, it was part of the German communication infrastructure. And every morning, new instructions would be sent using, um, that, that basically allowed them to encode messages that would be sent. There were settings for the day that actually meant once you put the settings in, the message coming from high command came out as pure German. But without it, it came out as complete nonsense. And Alan Turing and a group of very, very clever boffins basically worked out the only way to beat a machine was with a machine. And they cracked the Enigma communication system. What it meant was they were able to listen and decode every message from 1941 onwards that the Germans were using. Now, because the real reason was it would, we'd have lost the war without it because these things were sinking all the shipping and eventually we'd have run out of food here in the UK. And that really is one of the best analogies I can give you for communication. For most people, what we do is we send a message, we transmit words, but we often don't give the cipher or the code to allow the other person to really understand what are we hoping happens? What are we hoping that they hear from what it is we're actually transmitting? And also, as importantly, in light of that, what are we hoping that they will do back? So most communication, I'll say most, and I'll show you why later, most communication is a bit like sending a cipher without giving the daily code. And what it means is when people hear it, they don't hear what it is you hope they would. And you then get frustrated because you can't understand, well, why are you responding like that? Because that was never my desire. And we began to think about what would happen if we could create a communication code similar to almost the Enigma settings where I could say to Andrea or Gabrielle or Sylvia, go, hey, here is my transmission, but before I send it, I'm going to tell you the code with which I want you to interpret and engage with the transmission I make so that actually you know what my expectations are so you can respond accordingly. And we, we created five, um, all of Giants Resources usually come out of Jeremy and mine's uh, failure together. This one came out of a particular uh, fight and I'll show you later where we realized Jeremy was hoping we would celebrate together and apparently I critiqued his great idea which wasn't what he wanted. So there are five. Five is a very, very memorable number. You will be able to remember them and they all are different things. So I'm gonna give you the five communication codes that really function as things you can send in advance. So the first one is critique. Now, some of you don't like the word critique because it sounds critical, but in, it's important you listen to the definition of what I mean. So if I am usually at the more or less about to go live, uh, I've worked on a plan, we've got a communication, it might be a strategy that we're going out to the wider business with, and I may go, right, before we press go, I'm inviting you, Andrea, I want you to critique this. It's really important right now, if there's something wrong with this, 
I want you to crack at it. So critique it, ask the difficult questions, please do the due diligence now, because I need to know if there's something wrong, why this isn't gonna work, don't hold back. Don't, be, don't feel I'm gonna be offended right now by you using a critique communication code. I'm inviting you to do that because I really, really wanna know, am I missing anything? So critique is a specific invitation. It's a specific communication code where I'm inviting you to do that because it's what I want you to do with what I'm about to transmit. So there's critique as our first um, communication code. Secondly, is the communication code called collaborate. So in that instance, I may say to Andrea, okay, Andrea, we've usually got a bit more time for collaboration. Okay, I'm actually inviting you to help shape this with me. I've already got, I think, some good ideas. Uh, I think we're, we're working towards something really great, but I want your wisdom and expertise as well to help make sure we get the best possible outcome. Because I know that if I just do it from what I see, we might get a good outcome, but I want to make sure that I can harness the different experiences, the different gifts, the different insights and wisdom that are probably in my team. And I'm inviting you to collaborate with me. So you see, I, I can send that in advance as a communication code, which then gives the person clarity as to what my expectation is in how they want me to engage or how they, what I want you to engage with what I'm going to share. So collaborate is a communication code. The third one is clarify. So clarify is a code that you use when you know you've got something really important to share, but you actually know that it's a long way from being fully formed. And what I would say and then is so Sandra, look, I would you give me the chance to speak would you give me the chance to share what I've got right now? Ask great questions, ask clarifying questions of me to help me get out what it is I know that it's inside of me. But please know that what I'm going to share is not fully formed. It's probably not even what I mean. So don't judge me on what I say first and launch into critique or clarify or or collaboration because I'm really asking you to do some work with me to ask the clarifying questions that actually allow me to fully share what it is I'm trying to say. And so clarify becomes a specific communication code where the other person goes, ah, I see. So Andreas says, Steve, would you, would you take the time to clarify this? I know what I'm doing is I'm drawing out. I'm asking questions. I'm trying to discover what it is, the gold, that Andrea really wants me to help her unlock. And at some point, usually the person on the other end says, Steve, stop asking questions. What I've just said is exactly what I wanted to communicate. Now they often then say, well, could we perhaps collaborate on how we move forward? But you'll often hear them say, thank you for taking the time to truly listen well, to be active in your active listening, asking clarifying questions, because I feel really valued and I really appreciate you taking the time you've done. So that is clarify as a communication code. The danger with vocabulary, by the way, is we all have a word in our minds that we think we know what it means, particularly 
with the fourth communication code. So the fourth one is what we call care. Now, every one of you at time goes, some of you go, oh, I'm really caring. I'm going to be good at this one. Others of you will be going, well, oh dear, you know, that sounds a bit soft and fuzzy and I'm not sure I'm a soft and fuzzy person. I'm a go-getting driven taskmaster, A-type, whatever it might be. But here's the thing, listen and understand what the communication code care means because I ask for care at times. And what it means is often different for different personalities. And I'll give you a couple of examples of how it works. So care means this, I'm struggling right now and I need a safe place to process out loud my frustrations. I really don't need you to solve anything I say because what I say isn't really what I mean, but I need to know that I can get it out and that actually you won't judge me by the harshness of what I say sometimes, or you won't judge me on the irrationality of what I say. You're just prepared to be present with me and give me a safe place. So for somebody like me, when people frustrate me, <laughs> I'm often ready to blow people up. They're either incompetent, they've not done what they said they do, I often say to Jeremy, my, my business partner, I say, Jeremy, look, I need you to care right now. I just need a safe place. I've got a grenade launcher. And if I'm not careful, if I go straight into the communication with that individual, I'm probably going to blow them up. Can I practice out loud getting my emotion out of my anger and frustration so that when I'm ready to deal with that person, I've already heard the negative and I know that Jeremy doesn't think I'm being cruel by effectively going, I really wish we hadn't hired that person. I'm going to swing for her if she does that again. That isn't what I want the person to hear. And it isn't what really is going on in me. But it's a way that I have a safe place. Jeremy, my, my business partner, often needs a safe place to do what he said, to get the poison out. I tend to blow people up. He tends to use what we call cyber warfare to undermine their reputation. So he goes, I need to get my poison out. And my wife, Helen, is a very different character again. And for her care is, Steve, I don't need you to try and fix me. I just need to know that you're prepared to be present with me and listen and waste time with me. Now, for me, wasting time just listening without any form of intent to bring change is really quite hard work. And many of you, if you own businesses, will know that reality. And the best analogy I can give is there was a time uh, three years ago when um, Helen said to me, Steve, I'm just really struggling. And I'm going like, well, um, you know, put on my empathy hat. Okay, darling, tell me what it is. What's the issue? And she said, well, there's these three challenges I'm dealing with right now. And I went, because I didn't have the communication code at that stage. I went, well, darling, this is your lucky evening. I mean, this is what I do for a living. People pay me really good money to help them process their challenges. I'm, I'm gonna wheel in my whiteboard. I've got some pens. Do you know, I've even begun, I've probably got some thoughts already on how I can help solve these three challenges you have. This is gonna be a great date night. And by the time I've got my whiteboard up and the pens, and I've written the three issues, and started to put some bullets underneath. I turned around and Helen is now in tears. And she says to me, she said, you have no idea. You really do not get me at all. And this is someone I've been married to for 20 plus years, by the way. So, you know, I'm not the expert on this. And do you know what was going on? I said then, 
you're absolutely right. I don't get you. You've just told me what your issues are. I'm trying to help. And now you're crying and blaming me. I don't get you. You don't get me. What happened to our relationship on the expectation scale? We go from further down into limited expectations where you actually go, I don't know how to communicate because I'm trying to bring my best to help what you're transmitting to me. But of course, what Helen was transmitting wasn't what she actually wanted me to do. She actually was really saying, Steve, I just want you to care. The things I'm going to say out loud are not the issues at all. I just need to know that you're actually prepared to prioritize time with me. Now, our, our relationship has gone to a whole new level, which is why I'm very passionate about the communication code, because not only will this work in your teams, it will also work in every other relationship. So there's care, but be careful. Care is not caring for people. That's a different thing. Care is a communication code where you're creating the safe space there. And then lastly, we have celebrate, which is Jeremy's favorite, okay? Celebrate means I'm gonna send you some information as a transmission, but I want you to know I'm really encouraged right now. And I'd love you to celebrate this success with me as a team, as an individual. And let's make sure we truly enjoy the moment and not move on too quickly. Because some of us um, celebrate for a moment, but we don't want anyone getting complacent and thinking that we're kind of, we're already there. So we celebrate a bit, but don't forget there's another hill to climb. And for those who really love to celebrate, actually they can get worn out by having leaders or spouses or peers or whatever it is that don't actually celebrate well. So Communication Co was actually created in a restaurant near where I live, where Jeremy came in, we sat down, we we're gonna have lunch together, and he said, see, there's been a huge breakthrough in one of the relationships I've struggled with for years, the business, da, da, da. And actually, I've made this agreement with them. And I just went to, well, that's great, Jeremy. But actually, I wish you'd included me in the conversation because did you think of this or did you do that? Or um, have we really agreed that? Because that feels like something I'm not so sure about. And it's just like all the energy drained out of Jeremy's face. And he just said, see, I have to be honest. Um, that's not what I was hoping you would do. <laughs> He's saying, I had visions of us having lunch together, opening a bottle of champagne, simply celebrating what for me was a huge moment of breakthrough with the person that I really care about and have built the business with. And you celebrated, Steve. I was hoping you'd celebrate with me and all you did was critique. That's actually where the first two communication codes came from. So you always know everything is live. So there are your five communication codes and remember again unmet expectations in communication lead to disappointment ultimately to bitterness and ultimately to resentment and broken relationships here's the our here's my absolute passionate belief having done this and taught this all over the world in multiple cultures if you don't provide the correct cipher or communication code in advance of their response, you will never communicate as effectively as you can. I will also promise you this. You can take these five communication codes. You can use them later today. They will take communication in every area of your life to another level. The reason being is it's happened with me and I've seen many other teams. You won't build an invincible team without learning how to communicate more effectively. So here is a tool before I give you some things to do in chat. 
And everything in Giant is visual because the new world's visual and children have to be able to understand it. Fundamental to communication is what we call an ability for you to have real self-awareness. This tool is a mirror. You look in the mirror and it gives you a clue as to what people see because every single one of us has what we call tendencies. They're hardwired into our personality. We can't change them. It's really annoying. I wish I could give you a certificate. Say you've now graduated the School of Self-Awareness and you don't have to worry again. But your tendencies are hardwired into who you are. Your tendencies create ingrained patterns of behavior. And if you are accidental and you don't have tools like the communication code, your tendency will simply be your action. So the things that are really good about your wiring become your actions, but also the things that you are not good at also will become your actions as well. So the difference between average communication and average leadership and average team performance is the intentionality that happens between, I know what my tendencies are, but I'm gonna choose my actions and sometimes my actions will have to be different than my tendencies. So if I just responded with my default communication codes to Helen most of the time, or to Jeremy, or to the people I'm in team with, the actions will often be inappropriate. But where I'm able to choose my action, to choose the communication code, then actually the consequences of my team, of my friends, of my family, changes that reality for good. So we represent this as an infinity loop because sadly it never ends. You are constantly having, I am anyway, to ask the question, who am I engaging with? Have I really understood what their desire is from me in communication? Am I knowing my own tendencies? And as you'll see in a moment, do I know theirs? So here is the question that I'm gonna give you the chance to um, you've listened to me for quite long enough. I want you to ask, what is your default communication code? So when you are being accidental, what is the tendency that you have that becomes your action? So I'll be honest, my default communication code turns out is critique. I think I'm collaborating, but I'm usually always, whenever somebody speaks to me, if they don't give me any clues, if they don't send the communication code, my default tendency is to critique it to make it better because my intent is always for good, but that if I'm accidental is my default communication code. Helen's, by the way, we usually have two, so I'm critique and collaborate comes second. Helen, my wife, is really care and clarify. So what we're gonna do by the wonders of modern technology is you are going to get a chance. If you want to take a quick screenshot or a picture of this, I will leave it up in a moment, so don't worry. But there are some cheat sheets for basically what we mean by each of those five communication codes. But what you're going to do is you're going to go into your breakout group right now and you're going to answer the question, and I'll leave this screen up for you. What is your default communication code? Take the time to hear each other and if you can give a little narrative as to why you believe that is your default tendency, which one first and possibly which one
goes with it second. So I'm going to hand over to the technical expertise at DScoop to facilitate this piece. Yes. We're going for a few minutes um, into different breakout rooms. You will unmute them there yourself, discuss as he explained. And then uh, we are coming back here again. So no worries. We'll see you in a minute. Well, fantastic, everyone. Um, I hope that was an interesting conversation. I know some of you stayed with Andrea and I and heard us talking about our communication codes and how that works. Um, I always know it's annoying, by the way. Most people would rather carry on talking than come back. But I hope um, um, that actually what I'm going to share with you will be more profound even still than you've had before. Because here is the, the biggest reality that whenever you do this exercise, 50% of you, if you are being honest, actually critique is your default communication code. So if you speak anything like Myers-Briggs, the thinkers among us are actually always likely to have critique as the top thing we appear to do. Now, remember, it's not our intent. Usually the intent is to collaborate. But for 50% of us, critique is the usual experience on the other side of us. So for me, when I am accidental, when my tendency becomes my action, critique is what people hear. Now, here's the next little question. We're gonna have a go to the poll here. Now listen to this, this is a different question. What do you most want others to do for you first? So if you could choose one default communication code that you would want to give that others do for you. So if Andrew say, Andrea says, hey, if you want me, this is what I want you to do first. So, you know, you can click on there. For me, if I'm honest, it's probably clarify. Because I want you to take the time to truly understand what I'm trying to say before you launch into collaboration. But Everyone's playing, so this is really quite fun to see what's there. So what do you most want from everyone else first? That's quite interesting, you know, because as we were discussing, I'm more critique collaborate, but maybe, yeah, that's not what, what I necessarily expect from others. So, so what you'll find is, and this is just a, a great um, example, you, you can never quite guarantee when you do polls and things like this, but if anyone else wants to vote, feel free. Otherwise, um, We'll, we'll move on. But what, what it shows is, the interesting thing is, nobody ever wants critique as the first thing people do when they're transmitting information. So if you look at what you've got on the screen at the moment, we've got collaborate, clarify, care. Interesting, no one, no one actually celebrate first, which is quite common. But if you think for a moment, and maybe, you can, I don't know whether you can take the, the poll down. Um, there we go. And just remove that for me. I will go on to the next slide, which basically for me says this. On average, when we do this, you will find that nobody wants critique first. Nobody ever wants critique first. Some sometimes want to celebrate. The majority of people usually go for clarify because they go, the greatest desire in communication is that somebody would truly take the time to understand what it is you're trying to say first. And then usually what we want is a mix of collaborate because we want them to help us, but we want them to do it from a, a very collaborative, appreciative of what we've already done. So 
you are a great example of proving the point. Now, can you see why communication is a challenge when 50% of us have critique as our accidental communication code, but everyone we speak to, not one person wants that as their first experience of being on the other side of us. So there is the, the, the fundamental issue of the communication code is saying that communication breaks down because in the end, the expectations we have of the people we're trying to connect most with, usually unmet expectations lead to disappointment and over time resentment and settling for a new normal. And my hypothesis to you this morning is this, is if you look at your team, there will be people who you don't communicate well with that actually what you've done is over time, you've almost settled for limited, potentially even resigned expectations in communication. And here's the key, they're not bad people. What usually has happened is you've tried to communicate with them as effectively as you can, but you've had different communication codes. I was saying to Andrea, we're very similar, I think, by personality. We would be fine. We would enjoy shaping and changing the world together and be quite happy to critique each other's ideas as we did it. So what happens is then we tend to appoint or work closely with people who are like us because we don't have to work at communication. But the invincible teams have learned how to harness the gifts, the expertise and the insights of every different personality because they've worked at communication as a foundation so that everyone is truly heard, valued and appreciated. So I'm going to give you a chance to go off to your uh, breakout rooms again. And what I want you to do is I want you to answer this question. What have been the biggest ahas for you through the communication code? Because for me, it's nice that you like, hopefully, the gift of my communication and the tools we put out there. But what I really want to know is, what are the ahas? How could you use this in your own communication? So have a bit of time together, ask good questions, practice your active listening skills in your groups as well. And for those of you who don't want to go to a breakout group, well, you're going to miss out. You can just talk to yourself if you want to. Thank you. I know, as always, it's never long enough, um, but we've had some great conversations here. And really what I wanted to do was um, give you a chance to ask the questions. Um, I'm perfectly happy to talk further, but it's usually much better if actually in relation to communication code, I'm trying to answer some of the things that, that you would find helpful for me to speak to. Then I can apply the learning to your world so I'm really going to um, be guided by you, Andrea. So yeah. you ask away and we'll, we'll cover as many as we can. Okay. So um, please, you know, start posting your questions if you have any or share. Um, again, you can now unmute yourselves or we can, you know, for organization, we can, you can raise your hand, kind of raise your hand, say, hey, I, I want to talk and we'll unmute yourself. So feel free to participate again. Um, I... Okay, Marjorie, would you like to share something? Maybe we just point out someone and say, we've been sharing our own experiences. I'd like to share, okay. 
So I'm going to unmute someone. Jane, you are. Hi, I'm, I'm Jane. I work for HP in the UK. Hi, Jane. Hi, uh, I used to work for Indigo, so I'm well aware and a great supporter of DScoop, I have to say, to start with. But in the large format business, we're not nearly as involved as Indigo. So um, what I'd like some help with is uh, I think I've gone more into critique mode because we're talking more to colleagues than mm. we are to customers mm. at the moment. Um, and I'd like a bit of um, help and advice as to how to be more caring, collaborative, rather than shooting people down too quickly, because I just don't have any patience anymore. <laughs> I think the first question, Jane, is always to go, um, what were your default communication codes? Was, was critique number one for you? I tried to pretend it was care, but I put down <laughs> critique because I, I think, and, and there's a couple of my colleagues on this call, Stuart and Luke, um, and I think with my customers, I tend to be more care because mm. they then share more and they tell me more things. Mm. But I think recently I've become more critique. Yeah. So I think the, the first thing, Jane, is self-awareness is the beginning of progress. So the fact that you go, gosh, that probably is my tendency and therefore it's my action. So the fact that you have a, hopefully, um, conscious incompetence is usually the first stage of growing towards being good at something. So the fact that you know that if you're accidental, you're probably likely to critique first and that may not be what they want. So what I say to people is you could have got two choices. If you've got the time, certainly inside your world, I would simply teach them the communication code. I'll actually share it and say, hey, this really helped me. Why don't we use this in our team and actually ask them what they're looking for? Or the other is to simply ask a clarifying question, Jane. I do this with clients because I haven't got time to teach them the communication code per se. I'll say, hey, let's just be clear, Jane. Uh, what are you actually asking me to do here? Are you inviting me to uh, shape this with you? Or are you inviting me to critique this because it sounds like that's what you're doing? Or actually, are you wanting me to celebrate with you? So I can use the communication code without them even knowing it, because what I'm doing is rather than just jumping in with my default action, I'm actually taking the time to check that what they're what I'm about to do is what they're really hoping will happen. So that gives them a chance to choose and for me to clarify really, what are you hoping I do here in my response? Does that make sense? Yep. I think we are gonna, we've, we've, we're, Luke actually was in one of my uh, breakout groups, so it's quite good. So uh, we've decided we are gonna set a meeting up with the team um, and go through this. Fantastic. I mean, I'll share some resources later that you can go a little bit deeper with it. But it's the reason why Giant works is we tried to create visual tools that educated children could understand, use and teach their friends. So the new world is so overwhelmed with task. If it takes it, it put it this way, if you don't want to make a difference leaving the webinar, it doesn't matter how good the content was it will be gone the moment you go into the business of the day. So actually teaching it, sharing it together, learning it together, it, it'll be a bit clunky in the beginning, but what you'll find is over a period of time, it becomes almost automatic and therefore you don't have to teach it every time. You'll find that people begin to use it. The other thing it does, Jane, is you actually, when you get it wrong, you know you've got it wrong a lot earlier than I used to. So my default tendency is still to critique, but I now know the team will go, Steve, 
actually that's the wrong communication code and i go oh i'm so sorry and they've given me the benefit of the doubt like i do with them it's not i'm being a cold hard callous task focused monster i've just been accidental that my tendency became my action so i i may sound like an evangelist for this the only reason i am is because it changed my marriage and it changed the way the team performs that i led and i had to apologize to a lot of people i used to think silence was agreement with me turns out in the end that they didn't want to engage with my default communication code so i hope that's helpful jane anyway obviously go on andrea who else we got um, I've been asking, you know, if anyone else wants to share, um, I've, I personally agree with Jane so much and I love that she, you know, shared that they are going to have a meeting about this and, and discuss it. I mean, I think that's awesome. Um, what, what about your, what about your observation, Andrea? You, we were talking about how important celebration is and actually you can do that with your teams, um, very, very easily. So interestingly, yeah most people think celebrating is almost dangerous. The more task-focused winner you are, it's almost like, well, if we celebrate something mm. and people get complacent and think we've already achieved everything and we've achieved that mountain, but there's another mountain to go. So a lot of us, our tendency as drivers is to celebrate for a moment and then move on to the next, uh, yeah. the next challenge. So sometimes realizing that for a number of people in your team, taking a moment to celebrate them celebrate the achievement is a way in which you as a leader appear to be much more emotionally intelligent than we are naturally and what we do at giant is we will at the start of every meeting now we don't take long we go around and go okay guys what's the one thing you're celebrating right now yeah. it's literally 30 seconds so i think you were saying with dscoop you do what's the win Yes. Well, that's a very task focused way of using the celebrate code. So I'll often allow for the fact that half of the people in my team are human beings before they're human doings. I'm a human doing who has to work at being a human being. So I'll often say to them, what's the one thing you want to celebrate? And I don't always make it have to come from the world of work. That's if you ask for the win, everyone thinks you're talking about work. If you actually say, what is it you want to celebrate? And it can be from anywhere. You give people a chance to be human beings. Half the people still will give you a work win, by the way. So don't worry. But actually somebody will go, do you know, I actually, we, we had one last week. We go, um, I, I actually had an amazing weekend with my son. We went camping and we connected. I want to celebrate that. So we went around and just celebrated. You'll be amazed how much more work gets done when you actually people feel the culture of your environment honors celebration as a communication code. Anything you want to add to that, Andrea? Well, I just think especially in the times that we are now, you know, living and going through, that is especially more important to even find the, the smallest thing to celebrate. Yeah. So um, I'm receiving lots of uh, comments in the chat and saying, you know, yes, I agree. Also very interesting, uh, taking this into my personal life. We're going to share it with the HP large format team in the UK. So I'm, I'm super happy with the result of today. Honestly, I, I was a bit skeptical about the breakout rooms, a bit nervous, of as you course. know. Of course you were. <laughs> and many people <laughs> stayed in our room, but you know, I do think it worked and I'm, I'm really, really happy with the result and with what I've learned today. 
So for those of you that want to go further, so Giant has a platform basically, and there's lots of resources on communication code. You can actually hear me do a keynote to a large audience for about an hour and a bit if you want to use that. But basically, um, anybody wants to, I say, if anyone wants to find out about how they can use a system in their organization, then Becky, who works for me, she's awesome. But the platform, if you use that code, so giant.tvbb lets you set up a free month um, on the platform. And you can go and have a look at the communication code along with other things. So, um, and you can always find me, by the way, as well. So Steve Cochran, where that's LinkedIn. I've got a, I've got a, a Facebook group that's a private one that any of you that want to um, receive from me can, and I'll make sure that comes out. But um, I'm glad you found it helpful. Um, yep. I'm sure, Andrea, you might want to do the final slide for everyone. Yes. So um, I will send you all the, the ones that attended uh, a quick email saying thank you with a survey. Um, however, I put it there on the chat so you can click. Now, this allows us to know what we're doing well or what is not working so well, and also to have feedback on any further sessions that you would love to hear about, you know, more content. So it guides us on what we can provide to you that it's valuable. So please take the time. It's very short. It's three questions only um, and completed. And also we will give back the feedback to Steve because we also um, ask what you thought of the session. So we'll give him a grade in the end. Um, if we didn't get to your questions, you know, email them to us at hello at dscoop.org uh, or, you know, get in touch with me amarin at dscoop.org. Um, and if you want to connect with other people, we are going through difficult times and, you know, sometimes um, it's good to lead, to, to, to partner with others, to collaborate, to share ideas and just communicate. So, you know, reach out to us and we have a dscoop hotline. I can get you there. We are webcast uh, virtual sessions every week so please also check uh, our website if you want and participate in our next sessions thank you so much everyone for attending it's been a pleasure bye-bye